1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show sponsored by USA Wealth Group that does so much good. Thank you very much for tuning in, for being a loyal listener every Sunday at this time. And Ray Lance, what a pleasure it is to be alongside you every Sunday morning. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening every week. Welcome to Money Wise. We bring the show to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Construction's almost finished out there. And You've been saying that for two years now. Yes, I have been. I keep having I say, an optimistic. <laughs> I try to have a positive outlook on life and say that someday it's going to get finished. But it's been fascinating to watch the construction, putting these massive girders across the roadway. And I'm glad you're fascinated by it. <laughs> I'd like to be able to stop and, and watch them for a while with these big, fat, huge cranes that are lifting these big girders and... I mean, how do they measure all this ahead of time and put it exactly in the right spot? I, I agree. It's amazing. Being a, a civic engineer, a civil engineer, is so intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to be talking about how to save more money for retirement. We're going to be talking about pension plans. If you're lucky and you have a pension plan, count your blessings because there are very fewer um, there are fewer and fewer pension plans all the time right now. We're going to be talking about pension buyouts. What happens if you receive a early pension buyout offer or early retirement offer? We've had a lot of people from Verizon. The U.S. Postal Service has just announced that they're going to have early offers to 45,000 people around the country to retire early. And they do that for a reason. They want to get rid of the higher-earning employees so they can cut uh, employment costs and they can hire new people at a lower rate of pay. And so they want to get rid of the higher-paying people, and it's worthwhile sometimes to make an offer and give you an extra sum of money to leave now. So we're going to answer the questions of, well, what if I don't want to leave? Am I going to lose the opportunity to have this offer in the future? Should I stay? Should I take the buyout offer? Of course, when I've asked that question to people over the years, the answer is usually, are you kidding? I want to get out of this place as often, as early as I can. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of that and how do you evaluate that and what do you do with the money. We're going to talk about IRAs and 401k plans and why should you review where your money is and should you take money out of the stock market, for example. Let's say you have a 401k, but you're 59 and a half years old or older, you're still working. You might be able to take something called an in-service distribution and take all or some of the money that's in your retirement account, and maybe you don't want the stock market risk any longer, and you can put it into something that's more conservative where you don't have market risk. So we're going to talk about all of these things and Obviously, the great importance of socking away as much money as you possibly can. So I'd like to welcome this morning uh, Phil, Mm -hmm. my uh, very special guest. Um, His name is Peter Lance, and I think somewhere along the line he's related to me. Yes, you are fond of saying I'm your favorite son. You are my favorite son, Peter. (laughs) And only son. Oh, that's right. You're my only son. (laughs) Of course you're my favorite son. 
Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Peter. Great to see you. Always good to see you. Hear that you're doing a lot with the kids. Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> it's absolutely exhausting, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's beautiful. Uh, no, I am true. at the baseball fields or the basketball fields, basketball courts, yep. basically every night of the week and usually until very late. Um, it's usually Monday through Thursday, sometimes Tuesday through Friday, and then Saturday afternoon until about 7 uh, between the practices. So so you're assistant coach on one team and coach on the other? Assistant coach on one team, head coach on the other team, and uh, spectator for um, <laughs> the other boys' basketball games. That's awesome. But sports uh, runs your schedule, doesn't it, Pete? It really does, especially this time of year. Uh, baseball just you know, consumes the schedule for sure this time of year. Yeah, it's amazing how many games they played. And my wife keeps keeps telling me, you know, you've got to back off. You've got to stop doing as much as you do with it. And I tell her, yes, it's exhausting, and and it's a lot of work and a lot of time spent there and with them. But you know, it's something that they're going to remember when they're you older. Bet. And That's the most important. Five years from now, my oldest will be off to college, and my oldest, my middle child, I should say, will be. All done with sports, except for possibly at the high school level. And, you know, at that point, I'm going to have a lot of free time, and I'm going to miss it. You are so right. Now, Nathan is, what, 12 years old right now? He's 12. He's going to be 13 in a month. Yep. So Nathan's 12 years old, and I've had the privilege of watching him hit two home runs, the only two home runs he's hit so far. That's extraordinary. Yep. Papa's good luck. (laughs) That's what I keep telling him. And the first one was funny. It was a cute story because... Uh, he got up to bat, and he just walloped the ball. Wow. And not only was it a home run, but it went crash right into the scoreboard. Oh, that's great. And everybody on both teams just stood up and cheered because it was such a dramatic <laughs> home run to hit the scoreboard. Isn't and awesome? he doesn't listen to this, but there was already a light bulb out where he hit the scoreboard. But one of the coaches on his team said, Nathan, look, you hit the scoreboard so hard, you burst one of the lights out. <laughs> <laughs> And then afterwards, uh, Peter went over and retrieved the baseball, of course. I would, it's too. very important to save game that ball. Yeah. first home run of baseball. And then Peter was walking around just carrying it, not knowing what to do with it. I said, here, let me hold it. So then the next time Nathan came up back to the little batting place, what do you call that area? The on-deck circle? The on-deck circle. I had the ball in my hand, and I said, Nathan, thank you so much for giving me this first home run <laughs> ball that you have. I said, I'm really going to treasure this. He just gives me this smirky look on his face. <laughs> smirky <laughs> look for a schmuck. I love it. You knew I was just joking yeah, with him. Of course. But then the next time he came up, I said, Nathan, I said, so here's the deal. I said, I'm going to keep this ball, but if you get another hit out here, I'll give this ball back to you again. Oh, and I got another funny look. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a plastic cube and save it. Oh, yes, yeah. we're, we have not done that yet, but they are on a yeah. shelf, and we will oh, do something with bet. them. Great so, memories. Yeah, it's, it is a great memory. Um, did you ever hear of O.J. Simpson, Phil? O.J. who? What? O.J. Simpson. Pete, you? Uh, I don't know. I, it sounds somewhat familiar. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Oh! That O.J. Simpson. Yes. Well, he once wrote um, and said, My NFL pension can barely pay my son's tuition. You know, it's very little money. <laughs> Kind of an ironic quote. But it also highlights the fact that we don't have pensions today. Most people do not have a pension. If you work as a teacher, if you work for 
uh, a government agency um, or the military, you might have a pension, but very few companies have pensions anymore. And even major companies like IBM that used to have a pension, newer employees no longer have a pension. They have a 401k where the company will provide a match, but you also have to put money on your own. So increasingly, companies cannot afford the cost of pensions, and that's why they've gotten rid of them. And many, many municipalities around the country have unfunded pension liabilities, which is to say they don't know how they're going to come up with all the money to pay out all the pensions that they've already agreed that people have earned. So it's a growing problem. There's a gentleman uh, named Robert Kiyosaki who's written a number of books. I think he wrote The Automatic Millionaire, The Millionaire Next Door, some of those books. And he said, when I was young, many people worked for a company with a pension plan that covered them for as long as they live. If they didn't have a pension plan, they could count on Social Security and Medicare. And today, that's becoming more and more difficult. The government is really forcing us to be in a position where you really need to look out for yourself. And I know, Pete, you, you do a lot of work in the school system, and you also show people how if you, even if you have a teacher's pension, you can put additional money aside into a special kind of a retirement account. What's that called? Uh, 403B. And it's, it's like a 401K, correct? Right. Only it's for people who work for government agencies and nonprofit agencies. Exactly. And that's an important thing to do also, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, if a teacher retires at what's called, quote, unquote, uh, full retirement age, then they're still only going to be earning an 80% pension, which is still a wonderful thing. But if they are living, you know, comfortably right now, and all of a sudden they retire and they're earning, you know, 20% less than what they're earning now, uh, they may need to supplement that and fill in that gap. And a lot of them do. Um, there's a lot that actually maximize their 403B, which is a smart thing to do because you can retire not only uh, the way that your lifestyle allows you to now, but possibly even greater and really enjoy your retirement. So let's assume you join a new company and they offer a 401k. What I've seen a lot of is that uh, when you join the company that has a 401k, typically they'll say you have to be there for a year before you can even start to contribute to the 401k. And I talked to somebody recently who has a brand new job and the company really wants to make sure they're going to be there and be loyal. And then they're not allowed to join the 401k until they've been there for five years. I thought that was pretty unusual and pretty harsh. That's a long time. Five years. Yep. And that person is a lawyer, by the way, working for a large corporation. My wife works for Hasbro, and she was allowed to contribute towards uh, 401k immediately. Mm-hmm. She's been there for uh, only about two years, but she has a decent amount in there already. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happens is um, that even if you join the 401k, uh, sometimes it'll be a while before the company starts to contribute to it. Again, they want to know that they've got you and you're going to stay there. And not only is it an important benefit for the future, but it's a way of ensuring uh, employee loyalty that the company's oh, going to be there. Sure. And that's important, especially in today's world where not, you know, everyone, but there are a lot of people who go from job to job to job. Um, you know, I've, I've seen many, many resumes over the years where somebody works at one place for six months and someplace else for six months and on and on it goes. Yep. So the amounts that you can contribute to 401ks uh, will typically change every year. 
Um, I can tell you that you can put in roughly eighteen or $19,000 a year into your 401k. Um, and if you're over the age of 50, you can put in an additional $6,000 a year. So believe it or not, we see people sometimes that they will put in the maximum amount that they can put into their 401k. And if you're able to do that and still live and pay your regular expenses, boy, that's the best thing you can do. The, the question, therefore, is if you are maximizing either your 401k or your 403b, is where you have it. Because if you have it in something that is not earning at least you know 3% to keep up with inflation, then you need to take a, a better look at it. Because, uh, for example, I've got somebody who's socking away a ton of money every month and the uh, interest rate that this person earned last year was 2.6%, which is less than inflation. And, you know, the market wasn't too bad last year. There were a couple of really sharp downfalls back, I believe it was August, and then again at the end of the year. But overall, it did fairly well. Um, and to have only a 2.6% return for the year is not very good. Yeah. Well, it, um, I think the inflation rate right now is about 1.5%. I haven't checked it for a couple of months, but... Uh, nevertheless, it's still right around the inflation rate. Yeah, I inflation think, has slowed down. I think most people are probably concerned that um, that they're not going to lose money. I think that's the greatest fear that people have. Well, back in 2008, a lot of people, and they still talk about it now, eight years later, they talk about losing 30 40% or more of their retirement savings because of that sharp uh, downfall. Well, the I know You've got licenses that allow you to look at people's 401k statements and make recommendations and so forth. Yep. And especially if you're, you know, close to retirement age, you know, I'd say five years to 10 years out from retirement, you should certainly look at being more conservative with your investing. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about some of the reasons to do 401k uh, uh, investing at work. First of all, it's a plan that's set up for you. Um, so the first thing is that it's painless. It comes out of your paycheck every single week without having to think about it. So it's like a, a method of almost automatic or forced savings, and you don't have to worry about writing your own check every week. And so it's painless in that sense. Especially if you do it as soon as you start your job, and therefore your first check is going to be what it is, and you're not even thinking about that money that's being taken out that is being socked away for your retirement. Mm-hmm. And um, if your employer has a matching program where they'll match 3% or 6% provided you put in the same amount of money, if you don't put in the same amount of money to at least get the maximum match, you're, you're literally just leaving money on the table, you're throwing money on the floor. Uh, so even if you think you can't afford to do a larger amount or a maximum amount, uh, certainly put in enough money to get the match. Otherwise, you're just tossing money away. Um, Another thing is you get two tax breaks when you're saving money in a 401k. First of all, your contribution is tax deductible for that year. So that's going to reduce your taxable income for the year. And if you've been, let's say you have a salary of $50,000 for a company, for example, and you're going to contribute uh, $5,000 into your 401k plan. Well, your effective income now is only 45000 it might even put you in a lower tax bracket. But if you've been putting money aside for a payroll tax deduction based on your $50,000 salary, you're going to get a larger tax refund at the end of the year. Of course, the opposite is true when you go to retire. You're going to have to, be, you're going to, have to pay for taxes at that point. 
Um, but at that point, you're going to be retired and possibly and most likely in a lower tax bracket anyways. Yep. So it works out both on both ends. So there's two major tax benefits you get when you put money into a 401k at work or a 403b. One, you're going to get a tax deduction that year, which reduces your taxable income, which saves you paying income taxes. Secondly, your money is going to grow tax-deferred. And Peter, as you just mentioned, um, you're going to pay taxes on it when you take it out later, but at least the money in the meantime is growing tax-deferred. Tax and when you take it out, you will probably be in a lower tax bracket, Yep, most exactly. likely. So that's a third tax benefit, isn't it, really? Yep. So another thing you could look into as well is you could look into the possibility of doing a Roth 401k plan at work. Uh, and you can do both. You, you might be able to do both. You might. You have to, again, watch the contribution limits when you're doing that. I was going to say the Roth has a lower contribution limit than yep. the traditional. Yes, it does. Um, and you're using after-tax money when you do that. So you're going to get your regular money. It's going to be taxable, and then you're going to put money in a Roth. And the difference later with the Roth is when it comes out, there's no taxes on it. Uh, it grows tax-deferred in the meantime, but it's also tax-free when it comes out later. So sitting down with somebody like uh, Peter, uh, he can help explain those things to you. Um, Peter, how does somebody reach you if they want to call you and find out more about that? Uh, my phone number is 508-858-0555. You know, the other um, financial benefit of having money in a 401k plan is that you have the benefit of what's called interest compounding. Um, Pete, do you happen to know the individual in this country, a historical figure? Ben Franklin. I haven't even asked the question. <laughs> Talking about compounding a penny, uh, right? I didn't even get a chance <laughs> How to did ask I know? question. <laughs> Can I read you your know? mind or what? Peter, how did you know? Well, because he's, he's talking about compounding interest, and then all of a sudden he says, do you happen to know the person in history? And I know he loves Ben Franklin, and I know he talked about or he came up with uh, the formula for what a penny compounding over time. Well, I don't remember the exact numbers or the exact time frame, but it's pretty astounding. Did you know that he wrote, a penny saved is a penny earned? I, you know what? You probably quoted that at least twice in the last four years on this radio program. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you've been hanging out with me too long, I think. <laughs> yes, Ben Franklin uh, did a great uh, study of the value of compounding interest. So that's what happens when you have money in a 401k or an IRA, for that matter. Not only is it growing tax-deferred, but it's interest compounding on top of interest, and that's another way that it grows faster. Do you have the actual figure? I do. Okay. I was going to look it up if you didn't. <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact. Now, what he did is I think he left the amount of 2,000 pounds because back in the colonial times, the currency was still not the dollar. It was the British pound that we were using, and he left in his will... Uh, 2,000 pounds to the city of Philadelphia, and he left 2,000 pounds to the city of Boston. And his conditions in his will were that uh, the money had to be put into an investment. Uh, hopefully it would be earning, I think it was at least 5% a year. Um, rates must have been better back then. <laughs> and he calculated that he wanted the money to compound and be reinvested and reinvested for 100 years. And at the end of 100 years, each city could take out the interest that it had earned and use it to fund charitable endeavors and provide education for kids and scholarships and things of that nature. And then they had to take the principal, uh, or there was some dollar amount, but he could take the principal and reinvest it again for another 100 years. 
and he did this really detailed calculating compounding formula. Mm-hmm. So, Peter, if you had started to take one penny when you were first, say, five years old, and then you just doubled it every day, you'd be worth about $30 million right now. How come you didn't do that for me? Because I didn't have the ability to double it every single day. <laughs> you did for the first couple months, at least. <laughs> yes, exactly. So compounding interest. Um, there are a number of other reasons. Um, it's very inexpensive way for you to save money because you have it. It's a professionally managed account, whether it's a 403B or a 401K. Um, you have the ability to have it in a diversified portfolio, but you do need to read your statements and pay attention to it and figure out what's the best mix for you. And that's one of the things that uh, I know, Peter, you can sit down and show people. Well, going back to um, that person that I was talking about, uh, when I sat down with them, they thought that they were doing pretty decent. And, you know, 2.6%, I guess, when you're earning three quarters of a percent for a five-year CD <laughs> isn't that bad. But, you know, uh, this person thought that they were doing much better than the 2.6%. percent mm-hmm. Well, there are lots of other reasons, too. If you have an emergency, you can borrow money from your 403B or 401K. The rules are pretty strict about that in terms of the amount, and it has to be for a hardship. Um, But it can be a way to put your hands on emergency money if you needed to. And if you change jobs, you can pick up your 403B or your 401K, and you can move it and take it with you to your new job. But here's an important tip. Let's assume you do that. Um, I see a lot of people, uh, even this past week, I've seen people with three or four different older 401k accounts, and they've never rolled them into the new ones. They now have the option to take the older 401k accounts and put them into an IRA. And you have a lot of different kinds of investment choices in the IRA that you might not have in the 401k. You get to control your own destiny a little bit more. Also, Don't rely on Social Security or don't rely on just your teacher's pension, as you mentioned, Peter. It might not be enough. So therefore, you want to put aside as much money in the 401k uh, as you can. And I don't think there is as much concern as there was, you know, a few years ago about Social Security not being there, but it is still of potential concern that it might not be there. Um, I actually talked to a postal worker who was not my normal postal uh, delivery person, uh, he came on a Sunday because he was delivering an Amazon package. Really? And uh, I didn't know that they did that. And he said, oh, yeah, I deliver all kinds of packages all day Sunday just for Amazon. It's a special deal that they've worked out with the USPS. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that either. And, uh, well, off on a tangent, but I love Amazon. I don't get paid anything to say that, but they're a great company. (laughs) You get stuff the next day and... uh, the few issues that I've ever had with them, you call them up, you talk to a live person instantly, and they resolve it and take care of it. Um, but yeah, this person, he said that he works all day every Sunday just delivering Amazon packages. Wow. And he said that he was greatly concerned because he just started working for the Postal Service two years ago about whether his pension would be there when he goes to retire. Right. Well, um, the Postal Service, as we know, has had extreme financial problems, and they continue to get bailed out by the U.S. government. But uh, fairly recently, there's an article just this month of this show talking about the fact that the uh, U.S. Postal Service has offered buyouts to 45,000 workers. 
and it says the cash-strapped U.S. Postal Services will offer buyouts this summer to nearly all of its 45,000 mail handlers as part of its plan to consolidate operations next year at 140 mail processing facilities. So I'm not sure how we're going to have mail delivered. Maybe they'll buy drones from Amazon, and the drones from Amazon will deliver the mail. Or maybe Amazon will deliver it. I mean, it's a pretty Might. sad state of affairs. Unfortunately, Amazon seems to be a very well-run company. But they're not run by the government. Mm. Did you remember that my grandfather worked 40 years for the Postal Service? Your grandfather, you said? My grandfather. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, yep. He served in the Marines in World War I. He fought in the trenches in France. He fought the Germans, you know, really nasty, nasty stuff going on. He came back. He got a job at the post office, and he worked there for 40 years. Then he retired. That was, yep. he had two jobs, Marine Corps hmm. and post office. Uh, I don't know if I knew that. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit more about the buyout offers that a lot of mail handlers are going to receive and should they accept them and how do they value them and how we can help you evaluate them. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about what do you do when you get an early pension buyout offer? Should you take it or not? And some more rules about IRAs and beneficiaries. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Every week, USA Wealth Group uh, is pleased to bring you information that will be helpful to you and um, information that will be showing you how you can protect your family and protect your money. And we're talking about early pension buyout offers. We've had some situations with uh, Verizon workers, telephone company workers, and so forth, where people have received early pension buyout offers. And what do you do if you receive some offer like that? The first thing you should do is gather up all of your paperwork and call our office at 508-998-8858. And we'll be happy to sit down and show you the pros and cons. Should you take it as a payout over time? Should you take it as a lump sum offer? There are lots of ways to evaluate that. And I read an article, uh, one of the ones that you had printed out in preparation for the show where there was a woman up in Cambridge, I think, in the article who was offered a buyout. She was two years away from retirement and she said it was basically like uh, looking at it on her own. It was like going to Las Vegas. It was a gamble as to whether she should stay um, or whether she should accept the buyout, you know, whether the company was going to remain in business, whether the company was going to lay her off. You know, there were so many different variables to it that uh, it was of great concern to her. And that's why you need to sit down and talk to somebody who knows all about the ins and outs of it and give you some solid advice. Well, it, there is a lot to evaluate and there's a lot to look at. You, and you need to do that in the context of, do you have Social Security? When should you take Social Security? What happens if you're not 62 to 70 years of age, which is when you normally take Social Security, and you're younger than that, but you're given an early pension buyout offer? Well... Do you have opportunities to fill in the gap between then and when you collect Social Security? Do you have opportunities to find another career, start your own business, find another part-time job? Uh, there's a lot to evaluate. We sit down and as the very first step, we say, all right, let's take a look at your budget. We want to know what is your current income and what will be your income afterwards if you leave the employment of this company. But there's some dangers if you don't take an early buyout offer because you might find yourself being laid off anyway 
and then no longer have the opportunity to have the early buyout, and now you don't have a job at the same time. And that's the threat that they really hold over your head. And they put it right in writing. Um, you're not required to take this early buyout offer, but if you don't accept it, uh, we can't guarantee what the position will be six months from now. And so they, they truly make it as a threat when they tell you this. <laughs> and it puts a lot of people in a very tough position, doesn't it, Pete? Yeah, it does. But um, let's, let's talk about some of the specifics of how do we evaluate early buyout offers. Well, it's not just the buyout offer of the company. Are they going to do anything for you for health insurance? Or are you now going to have to pick up the cost of health insurance? And health insurance is a critical thing today. What is your age? If you're 65, for example, and you're thinking of retiring fairly soon anyway, it's probably a very easy decision to make. Also, at 65, you can go on Medicare in this country. Um, but you need to think about health insurance. You need to know that your expenses are going to be covered. Um, are you in a position where you might be able to make a counter offer? Not too many people are going to be in that position because it's usually here the, it is, take it or leave it. Yeah, the first offer is usually going to be you know as good as it's going to get. But I have had people that I've worked with, uh, specifically with um, Verizon, where I had one gentleman who took an early buyout offer, and it was done very successfully. And I had another one who said, no, I'm not ready to do it. I'm going to work for another couple of years. They, they can't get rid of me. They need my skills. And they'll probably come across with another buyout offer, you know, two years from now. Well, the thing with the buyout offer is that there's a target on your back. They're looking to get rid of you either now or in the near future. So it is something to definitely consider, especially if it's a generous buyout offer. And then, hey, maybe you can retire earlier if you have enough retirement savings and the pension is going to be good enough. Or maybe you start your own business or maybe you take your the end of your uh, career in a different direction. Mm -hmm. But as I said, health insurance is extremely critical because um, – Anyone over the age of 50 probably has, you know, some kind of a health condition, and they may find it more difficult to get uh, certain kinds of health insurance. Uh, it is a little bit more universal today, but what if you have to pay for your own health care insurance until you reach the age of 65? You need to factor that into the equation. And as I said, very importantly, what if you're too early to collect Social Security? Or you don't want to collect at the age of 62, you want to wait until the age of 66. Um, and I, I, with that, I'm sure that this has been discussed many times. I know that it has even in shows that I've been a part of, that if you have enough retirement funds, whether your own savings or a pension, uh, to live in retirement until you are at full Social Security age, that's really what you should do. You can start collecting at 62, which a lot of people think, great, I can start collecting now. But a lot of people don't know that if you wait until... 63, 64, and even as up to uh, as old as 70, you're going to be earning a lot more Social Security. It increases that much every year. Mm -hmm. And another thing to think about is what about taxes? If they are going to give you money, you have to wonder whether it's going to be taxable income and you're going to pay income taxes on the money. If you take it as a lump sum, um, do you have the opportunity to roll it into an IRA account, for example? And in most cases, you might have that ability to do that. So you wouldn't have any immediate income tax consequences. But um, you need to think about all these financial things. And then you need to consider the job market. 
What if you say, you know, I'm still healthy, I'll take my early retirement, I'll take the money, I'll add it into my retirement savings, I'm not worrying about taxes right now, but I want to work for five more years and continue to put more money into Social Security, for example. I'm only 60, I don't need to retire right now. So what's the job market? Well, we've seen it all. We've seen people who retire from their regular career and they have to get another job. Uh, And it's really sad when you see something like that being forced into a job that you're not making a lot of money, but you have to do it just in order to continue living. And then there's other people who retire and they don't want to just sit around and do nothing or they don't have enough hobbies to keep them busy. So they want to go and have another job and meet some other people and they go and work at Walmart or Sears or something else just because they want to do it and don't want to sit in their house. Hmm. Well, it's a time to evaluate. So if you happen to be in that position, um, you know, you need to be in touch with folks like Peter and me. Uh, You can give me a call, uh, Ray Lance, at 508-998-8858. We're all located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. And our website is usawealthgroup.com. You know, there's a gentleman named Abe Lemons, Peter, who once said, the trouble with retirement is that you never get a day off. <laughs> and I have one that's even better than that. This is from Chichi Rodriguez, who said, when a man retires, his wife gets twice the husband, but only half the income. Yeah, that's something to consider also. You know, if <laughs> you're going to be spending a lot more time with your spouse. Or, oh, no. Well, what is that? Whether that's going to be a great thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, did you ever hear George Foreman? Of course, I have his grill. Yes, we all have his grill. <laughs> it works pretty well, actually. I wonder how much money he's made on the George Foreman grill. Probably a lot, although they... they are made so well, we've had ours for about 15 years, so <laughs> you should make them cheaper so you have to buy another one. That's probably true. Well, George Foreman once said, the question isn't at what age I want to retire, it's at what income. And that's really what we are concerned about, isn't it? And it's what, ladies and gentlemen, you should be concerned about, too. Are you going to have enough income in retirement? The... Um Millennials, I read recently, or maybe I heard it on the radio, have a much... That's what it was. It was on my way up to New Hampshire. I heard it on uh, WBZ. They said that millennials have a much different approach at retirement, that they have a money number in mind that they want to accumulate, and then they're going to retire. I've had a lot of people tell me that. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who've retired at the age of 50. Of course, you also hear the other end. I mean, there's some millennials who are really hardworking, very... Uh, good entrepreneurs, but then there's other who, you know, sort of sit back and expect everything handed to them. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, it's an interesting. Group. A lot of people have as a retirement plan when they retire, they're going to be a Walmart greeter. Yeah. Except that they got away f- from the Walmart greeters. I don't think they have the Walmart greeters anymore. Now they have the Walmart checkers that check your receipt when you leave the store yeah. to make sure you're not taking anything out that you didn't pay for. How's that for a change in philosophy know, for a company? Wow. Oh, boy. The big uh, pin with the yellow happy faces gone from the entrance of the store. Remember that? Yeah, really? They took that away? I haven't seen a happy face at Walmart in forever. Big yellow smiley face. Hmm. We should go back to the old days, shouldn't we, Phil? Yeah. In many ways. (laughs) It's the people. The people are the ones who are stealing. (laughs) Plus, I'd have more hair. (laughs) 
Let's give a quick reminder on the amount that you can contribute to a 401k and an IRA. So here's how much money you can put aside in a 401k or a 403b, and most 457 plans. Uh, they didn't change the limit in 2016 from 2015. You can put aside $18,000 a year into your 401k plan. So most people can't afford to do that, but maybe if you're making a higher salary, you could. And if you're over the age of 50, you can add an additional $6,000. Well, here's a good tip for all of our young listeners, and I'm sure that there's bunches and bunches of you. Um, (laughs) Set aside as much money now because you do not probably have a wife or husband or children or any real financial expenses yet. Um, I've helped set up some 403Bs with some very young teachers. I'm talking 22, 23 years old, and they are socking away every single... They're maxing out their contribution every single paycheck. And they have told me they're doing this now because they do not have any other big financial commitments yet. They don't have any children. They don't have a house yet. They're still renting or they're living with their parents. So sock it away while you can. And uh, traditional IRAs, it's still $5,500, but if you're over 50, you can put aside $6,500. Now, the rules are a lot more complicated after that because the amount that you can deduct is going to depend upon your income brackets. And so it's too complicated to go into all that on the telephone, but we can give you charts for any of that. If you have interest, we're happy to provide that. I think one of the things that you and I do best is when we meet with someone, we speak in plain English and we really help people understand because a lot of people don't have any idea about any of this. There's so many different things to to understand and to know. And I think that one of the biggest things that I feel when people leave is they they say, you know, you helped me understand this in in a very easy way and I feel much better about um, my, my comfort level in understanding everything now. Pete, you are one of the best at it. I mean it. You Although I didn't explain that very well. You did. <laughs> well, you it's communicate just a, beautifully with people. No, we do communicate well with people, I think, Peter, but it's also because we don't know any real big words. <laughs> <laughs> I have many, many big words. I know all the big words. <laughs> oh, yeah? How about bollard? Do you know the meaning of bollard? Uh, B-O-L-L-A-R-D? No. You don't know that? You don't know what a bollard is? Oh, good. Tell Phil what a bollard is. What about a troglodyte? <laughs> I've said this before, but it's probably been three or four years since I mentioned this on the radio. Every single day when I was in probably elementary school, he would write a word on a little piece of paper in my lunchbox or somewhere in my backpack or whatever, and I had to figure out what the word meant if I didn't know it and write it in a sentence. That's great. And if I didn't know it, I had to look it up in in the dictionary. So a bollard is those poles that protect you from, you know, hitting the gas line meter or, uh, you know, a propane tank or something else. Oh, my it's, gosh. That's what a bollard is. It's a not a bollard. not a pole that sticks in the ground to help. Not a protecting pole, but a bollard. <laughs> well, bollards can be, they're just simply poles in the ground. They can protect your gas meter around the side of our building, which we have, or they can be a light bollard, which is, you know, little low lights. Those are bollards. So that's a bollard. You should have a word of the week. I do, epictetus. <laughs> Troglodyte was another one I remember, and that was a cave dweller. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, Peter, that um, what you just said has set me up perfectly for a Greek quotation. Oh, gosh. Have a great rest of your Sunday, everyone. I'm taking off. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We haven't had one of these. So here's a quotation from Epictetus. It's right on point. First, 
learn the meaning of what you say, and then speak. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that great timing? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cameron, that, that's a good one for the former prime minister or soon to be stepping down prime minister. Well, he's in between. You know, Benjamin Franklin had one more quote that I have to share today. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin said, There are three faithful friends, an old wife, an old dog, and ready money. Ready money. <laughs> All right, so no more quotes for today, Pete, I promise. But, you know, there are lots of reasons to put money in the 401k. So here's a question for you, Peter. What happens if you have a 401k company at work, but they don't have a match? Should you still put money in your 401k plan? Uh, I was distracted for a second, but yes. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a pretty easy question. So whether or not your company has a match, and if they have a 401k plan... Absolutely put money aside in your 401k plan because sometimes the company only does a match if they have a profitable year, for example. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, you should still be socking away the money. Was that the phrase, Peter? Sock it away. Socking away the money. But it's still a very attractive way to invest for retirement, and you need to invest for retirement at all times. Um, Let's talk about beneficiaries. Um, beneficiaries are the people that you name that will get your 401k plan money if you die. And you have to name beneficiaries. Don't ever name your estate as a beneficiary of an IRA, a 401k, or 403b. Don't ever put down estate. You know why? Because it has to go through probate. Your estate has to go through probate, which can take a year in Massachusetts before the company will be comfortable in paying out that money. So don't ever name an estate and probate is also very public yep it is and there are people obviously today who will look at every public record that's filed in probate court to see did this person have a lot of money and how can i get my hands on some of it Mm -hmm. another reason to do something like a living trust instead of doing a will beneficiaries are obviously very important to make sure that you have it set up correctly when you first do the 401k the 403b whatever but also to keep up with it and have somebody uh, like myself or my father take a look at it and ask the right questions and say, are these your correct beneficiaries still? Did you have any more children? Did you have a divorce? Did you marry? Did you? So it's really important to make sure that that's um, updated, I mean, and looked at yearly. Yeah, or maybe you have a child you don't get along with any longer, and we've seen that a lot too. I love you. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> that wasn't a call for you to say that, but thank you. <laughs> Uh, smart butt. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you cannot put your hands today on your beneficiary statement that shows who your beneficiaries are, I say this at every single seminar that we do, um, do a new change of beneficiary form. If you don't know how to do it, contact us. We'll do it for you. We won't charge you for it. We'll simply get a new beneficiary form. We'll fill it out correctly. You keep a copy, and you send in the original all over again, even if you think you're naming the same people. But if you can't find it, you can have a problem. So I say this with peace and love. Make sure you check your beneficiary statements and, and that they're correct on there. I have your listed, Pete. I, uh, <laughs> I said that with peace and love. I don't know why it just came to me, but uh, why can't I remember his name now? The drummer for the Beatles, uh, Ringo, Ringo, Ringo. Starr. 
about five years ago, he came out with a statement. He said it was a really nasty statement saying, don't send me any more fan mail. I don't want it. I'm not going to sign anything. I don't, I'm not going to look that. at it. And he said, I say this with peace and love. Do not send me anything. As of this date, it will not be looked at or signed. Anyway, peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> peace and love. Keep buying my records. Peace and love. <laughs> well, all I can say to that, Peter, is peace on you. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> I said that correctly. I pronounced that correctly, didn't I? No, beneficiaries are real important. Uh, There was a case in New Jersey. They went to the Supreme Court where a gentleman who was not married did an IRA account, uh, named his sister as his beneficiary, then got married, never changed his beneficiary form. When he died, he had a $1.5 million IRA account, and he had never changed the beneficiary to his wife. And his wife had to file a lawsuit and said, well, I'm married to him for all these years. Of course he meant to leave it to me. The New Jersey Supreme Court said, we're sorry. The only named beneficiary on the account is his sister. Who jumped for joy. the money. And she wanted it. And she kept it. Money ruins a lot of relationships, (laughs) unfortunately. And families. families. Well, Um, look at what happened with uh, Prince. He didn't have any kind of an estate plan or any named beneficiaries, and there was what it was a USA or New York Times article that said the prince's estate is a royal mess. Yes, they said it was a royal mess, and something like, I don't know, 300 or 350 people had come forward to lay claim to that. There were also quite a few people that came forward that claimed that they were children of Prince, Mm. and they're going to go through years of genetic testing to prove or disprove whether they were children. So bottom line... Talk to us. Make sure that you have named beneficiaries. Think about an estate plan. Protect mm-hmm. yourself and your loved ones. And you may not be a prince, but Peter will treat you like a prince. There you go. God, that was lame. Purple rain, <laughs> purple rain. <laughs> well, IRAs, 401ks, need to have proper beneficiaries. You need to check them periodically and make sure they're kept up to date. I am so glad that many of my friends don't listen to this show. Should be Why very is that, fortunate. Peter? Because they would just make fun of me constantly and call, call me lame, call you lame. <laughs> by, the, by the way, you need a shave, Peter. It's the look. It's the look. <laughs> I haven't had time. I've been at the baseball fields too much. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you shaved at night. <laughs> well, anyway, um, will your pension be there when you need it? Um, there's a huge deficit across the country. We do have something called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Uh, right now, they're estimated to have a $34 billion deficit if they had to cover unfunded pension liabilities. So this will be a political issue going forward. Um, but we tell people that when you retire and you've got a 401k plan, take your money out of your 401k plan and put it into an IRA plan. We help people a lot doing rollovers. There are so many better things that you can do. We can show you ways to put it into an IRA plan that won't have the risk that you might have in your 401k. And it's still amazing to to me today how many people I see that still have old 401k plans a long time after they left their company. Right. You have a lot more choices for uh, beneficiary designations. You can do a inherited IRA uh, with children, so children can stretch out your stretch IRA. IRA. It's called a stretch IRA or an inherited IRA. So if your spouse has died and you've got an IRA account, 
Your children don't have to take the money all at once as a lump sum, pay a lot of taxes, and lose the deferral benefits. They can do a stretch-out IRA over their life expectancy, and those accounts will continue to grow. Uh, you can't directly do that inside of a 401k plan, but you can do it in an IRA plan. So we want to see you take your money from the 401k and get it into an IRA. I have to tell you, a compliment to you, Dad. Really? Yes. Uh, you know, it's a good thing that radio is not visual because you don't have to look at us, but one sad thing that it's not visual is that you at home don't get to see how many piles and piles of papers we have in front of us that my father and his staff do tons and hours of research on every week leading up to this. There is probably an inch of paper in front of me with about 15 different articles that he has printed out and labeled and highlighted and things that we didn't even get to today because we yucked it up so much. But you put a lot of preparation into these shows, and well, I think that people need to know that. Yeah, no, I and appreciate it sounds that. it. It does. Well, number one, you want to say the right thing, and you don't want to sound stupid when you're talking on the radio, and you want to give correct information to people. But there's articles and articles here that we didn't even get to touch upon about whether accepting a buyout or a, a lump sum or... So, anyways, congratulations to you and all the hard work you do. Well, thank you very much, Pete. Thank you for being my special guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Take some action. Do something to protect yourself. 